Right now, the United States government spends um, a couple billion dollars a year printing money, right? And then billions more fighting counterfeit and disposing of that money. With blockchain technology, it becomes digitized. And with cryptography, it's impossible to counterfeit. So it solves so many problems eloquently. Welcome to ProCo 360. I'm your host, Dave Tabor. This show features world-class entrepreneurs who, like you and I, choose Colorado. Success looks different here. It's multidimensional, and that's why I say live, work, love Colorado. In this episode, I'll be speaking with Josh Finkelman, CEO of BXE Capital, a boutique capital management firm that invests exclusively in digital assets like cryptocurrency and blockchain companies. So here's the deal. Before I set up this interview, I wanted to know, and I called Josh to see, could he explain blockchain technology in a way that I understand? And could he explain why proponents of blockchain are foaming at the mouth about how it's going to revolutionize much of the way technology works going forward? Josh is a frequent speaker on the subject with over 25 years of corporate experience and with a focus on fintech. We'll talk about blockchain technology, applications of it, and what's going on with blockchain in Colorado. So Josh, with that buildup, thanks for joining me on Proco 360. Thanks for having me, Dave. Appreciate it. Yeah, so let's start with a quick uh, overview of your company, BXE Capital, and then we'll dig into blockchain technology. Sure. So we launched uh, in the springtime of 2017, Colorado's first um, digital asset investment fund. So registered with the state and with the SEC, and we've been pioneering in this space uh, ever since. We're going to come back. We'll talk a little bit more about what BXE does. First, I do want to dig into this whole notion of blockchain technology and challenge you to explain it. And, And with all the research I've done, it seemed to me to make sense for you to explain it first in the context of cryptocurrency and how cryptocurrency sort of spawned the need for blockchain technology. Sure. So so, uh, blockchain technology, essentially uh, blockchains are distributed digital ledgers that um, live out there on the internet and they are supported by thousands of computers around the network, right around the world. And um, and they're immutable, so you can't change a transaction once it's been confirmed. And they're transparent, so right, they reside on the internet, so you can you can see these transactions, every transaction that happens on the network. And and in essence, to break it down into kind of simplistic terms, you can use um, those distributed digital ledgers to remove trusted third-party intermediaries, okay? So, Mm -hmm. i.e. a bank, Mm -hmm. right? When you Mm -hmm. send money to someone, you uh, leverage intermediaries, a bank to do that. And blockchain technology replaces those intermediaries with cryptography and math. Mm. And still uh, maintains a a high level of security, perhaps even higher. Yeah. So in the context, was blockchain created in order to create cryptocurrency? So, so cryptocurrency is really one of the offshoots of, of that technology, right? So there are a lot of different um, um, solutions that can be leveraged off of blockchain technology, cryptocurrencies being one of them, smart contracts. Yep. Well, before we another. go any further on sure. other things, sticking with cryptocurrency, cryptocurrency and the, the security around it could not have been created without the successful deployment of blockchain technology. Correct. Right? That's correct. So why is that? 
So um, it really comes down to what's called the double spend problem that, that blockchain technology solved. And essentially that is, if I have a digital token that represents value, like a currency, um, you know, before blockchain technology, there was no uh, way to prevent me from sending you that token. Mm-hmm. And at the same regard, I could send someone else that same token. At the same right? time, yeah. And yeah. so it's a double mm-hmm. spend, right? Yeah, you can right. both send that. Well, cryptography and blockchain technology solve that in an elegant way. So that's impossible to, to be done. And so from that, you know, quote unquote, cryptocurrencies were born. Mm. And so the, the, what blockchain technology did was enable cryptocurrency by preventing the double spend problem that otherwise would have happened? Bingo. Wow, okay. That's it. So... Now, talk a little bit about what blockchain technology is. You use the, the notion of digital ledger. I've heard that many, many, many times. Sure, many sure. times. And I still don't know what it means. <laughs> okay. What is a digital right. ledger? Let me see if I can break this down. I'm going to give you a, um, uh, an example. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I my background is payments. I ran a, a credit card payments company for eight years. So I'm going to put it in terms of that. And most people understand, mm-hmm. you know, uh, credit card transactions. So... Um, so essentially, Visa, when you are using your Visa credit card, um, you're referencing Visa's centralized database. They keep a ledger, mm-hmm. right, of transactions. Hmm. Okay. So when you're using that card, yeah. it goes to their servers and mm-hmm. they say, okay, um, Dave has XYZ available credit on his card. We're going to move some of that credit to a merchant. And they facilitate that. Mm-hmm. That's a centralized server, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Um, blockchain is a decentralized server. No one authority like Visa owns it. It's spread out. And instead, thousands of computers around the world are validating that transaction and enabling that, okay? So the, the transaction that Visa would have stored in its own servers is being stored now in this centralized, decentralized you got ledger. It. That's right. Got and hmm. And... Instead of Visa validating and confirming that transaction, Mm -hmm. all these computers, they're called nodes Mm -hmm. on the network, they are validating that transaction and saying, yes, it's accurate, boom, and it's confirmed. I get that if Visa's doing it, right, they can can somehow get their arms around how much data they want to keep and how they want to keep it and maybe keep old stuff archived and put it away and keep fresh data. But when they get to a point, like at some point, they don't just amass it forever. So how does the blockchain, it seems like it's just amassing data forever in a geometrically escalating fashion. How does that work? Yeah, so uh, in essence, you're right, but there are creative ways that you can, um, where you don't have to store the entire blockchain, which is the entire data set. Yeah, but if it's distributed, how does that happen? Like who tells people, yeah. Sure, sure. So so certain nodes uh, could keep uh, a full record of all the transactions Transactions, mm. and others could just be pruned down versions. Well, who and they're, decides that? They're <laughs> so that gets into governance, right? So you have governance. I there was modeling. no governance. No, there is. Oh, there so is. That, right. Yeah. So the nodes around the blockchain, these blockchain networks. Um, they're in essence, you've probably heard the term miners, yeah, yeah. right? They're the miners, yeah, yeah. and they, in essence, um, are the governance mechanism. And you have a majority vote, right, to approve. Oh, really? Changes. So it's not anarchy. No, 
now. I had the impression that once, it is. yes, yeah. <laughs> right. So, but you know, supposedly no one's in charge of this. But <laughs> right. you're saying, every, and everyone's in charge of this. But some, is there some structure that says like how this is working? Yeah, that's the governance model, and and each blockchain has a different governance model. Um, but f- in generality, right? In general terms, um, these uh, these miners, i.e., nodes around the network, together as collective whole, they, they, they governance how mm. that network operates. And if you want to make changes on that that uh, network, you typically need like a majority of those oh, miners really? to agree to it. I wasn't and then aware they up, of that. yeah, then they upgrade the software, and those changes. Wow. So take that's place. how blockchain blockchain has this network of nodes, the miners who are. Managing Managing and governing how this works. That's correct. Huh. Yeah. So it's not anarchy. Yeah. I mean, that was my impression. <laughs> sure. Of course. Right, so let's shift yeah. gears a little bit to, you know, the examples of how blockchain is going to change the world. And, okay. And all of <laughs> my the favorite, examples, my favorite yeah, subject. I mean, all of the examples <laughs> I hear about blockchain is that it's so much better than we're already doing. And for example, we can use blockchain to remotely unlock our car doors. I'm like, well, we can already do that. And every example I ask for or hear about is like things we already do, even things like storing uh, medical records. So let's, I want to go through a few different examples and sure. ask you for them okay. and um, about how blockchain is going to change our world in ways that we can't already do. Okay. So example one, what do okay. you have? So, so it, you know, it really goes down to the main, um, the main, uh, solution for for blockchain, which is removing intermediaries, trusted intermediaries. Mm, okay, mm. so let me give you a breakdown. I'm going to go back to the credit card example. Okay, it's really simple. So when you use your credit card, say you go to Starbucks, right? You have a lot of intermediaries in the middle of that transaction that facilitate that. You have a, an acquiring bank, you have an issuing bank, you have a processor, you have the card brands, which are Visa, Mastercard, Discover. Mm-hmm. Typically, have an ISO in there, and they all facilitate that transaction and they take a little cut, a little fee for doing that. And they create friction in that transaction. So typically that merchant's not going to get their funds for a day or two, right, in their bank. And typically they're going to be charged somewhere between 1.84%. If they're a high-risk merchant, they could be charged up to 6 or 7%. Mm-hmm. Conversely, if you use blockchain technology, right, and say a, a fast-settling token like Dash, then you remove all those intermediaries, Okay, mm-hmm. so there's no one, mm-hmm. you know, facilitating that transaction other than just a distributed ledger. So uh, it basically removes all those intermediaries. Then there are no transaction fees because they're right. all gone. And it reduces the friction to where that transaction will settle in that merchant in a couple of seconds. Well, so that's who a game cares? changer. Yeah, but it's who a game cares changer. about, <laughs> you know, as a consumer, who I don't care if it takes a, a day for somebody to get the money or, I mean, is it ultimately going to be reflected in my costs I, or my the price I pay? Sure. So, so you might not care as a consumer, but your merchants, trust me, they care. Mm-hmm. If they can prevent, um, basically, if they can get their money a day or two faster, yeah. if they can reduce two or 3% of well, for sure. credit card fees, yep. think about- Amazon's business. Think if they could reduce their fee structure by 2%, how much money that would be so to their you, bottom line. Do you think Amazon's going to create their own blockchain payment technology? Eventually, yes. And then, then Facebook would, is doing that right now. Really? Facebook is. How's yes. that working? Um, well, they're in development for that. Oh. So they're going to come out with a stable Facebook token. So if you're big enough, you would buy 
using your credit card, you would, <laughs> you would buy some kind of, you would somehow pay to engage in that company's private way. I mean, almost like Amazon Prime has, you know, a private network for benefits. Sure. You could have an Amazon Prime token. Yes, correct. And that would allow you to save money because everybody saves money through the That's process. Right. Yeah. Wow, and how then, cool is that? and so you could exactly so you can perform commerce a lot more efficiently with hmm. a lot less friction and save a lot more fees. Now, let's go back to your your question, original question. You said, "Well, that doesn't help me as a consumer." Let yeah. me give you another example. Yeah, Western Union. So there are a lot of people that um, leverage Western Union for remittances. They transferring send money from to abroad. family members. You or whatever. got yeah. it exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So right. So you have people here that live in the United States, and they have family members back in Mexico, and they use Western Union to send them money every month. Western Union charges eight percent roughly hmm. fees. So hmm. that 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 consumer is being dinged 8% yeah. sending money back to their wow. family. Wow. And and typically, you know, it's a it's an arduous process. You have to go to a physical location, yeah, yeah. you have to give them your money and then they mm-hmm. they they move funds what have you. So in that regard, it's it, it is really helping the consumer dramatically. Well, but they're going to have to go through some sort of digital mechanism and sure. somebody's going to make money at it somehow you're just saying that fee structure will be dramatically wow. less right wow. and the efficiency the settlement times will be increased dramatically wow that's, so so that's a game changer it's a that? huge game changer but it also is a huge, like if you're western union you must be thinking you, you must be thinking yeah. i think right now they're wondering are we going to be kodak Wow. Yeah. That's very um, interesting. Or blockbuster yeah. video, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, are we, and you're going to see, Dave, you're going to see money uh, evolve. Hmm. We're in the, the beginning of that and you're going to see money become digital, yeah. right? We, we carry around a lot of cash sure, sure. credit cards. Yeah. Well, over in China, um, they, very few people carry around cash or right. credit cards and they basically pay through their phone, right. through apps. But what? is it digital? Well, yeah, but that, we're doing that now too. But are they using digi- digital currency to do that or are so they the, just using They're They're using standard money. Yeah, usually Alipay and WeChat and they have a native token in side of those mm. but they have um, to convert apps. are they then converting uh, their currency into these into these token based you, you currencies? know that's the next evolution next step. but they're not doing it yet not yet all right i want to ask you about a couple more examples sure. and first i want Please. to uh, we'll take a quick break i want to remind listeners that they are listening to Proco 360's Pro Business Colorado. I'm your host, Dave Tabor, and this is the show featuring entrepreneurs and business leaders who could be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. I'm speaking with Josh Finkelman of BXE Capital, and this is a great time to thank our sponsors, Community Banks of Colorado and MicroStar Keg Logistics. They support Colorado entrepreneurs, and they support this show. Hey, and I'm going to give a quick shout out to Brian Place, the CFO of MicroStar. I told him about this episode. We were having beers uh, hosted by MicroStar. And I told him about my holy grail search to understand blockchain. And he said, me too. There are several people I've told this and they've said the same thing. Brian, thanks for listening. I hope we get there in this episode, Josh. This is all on you. Thanks also to the Colorado Chamber of Commerce for its support for me and Proco360. All right, let's get on to a couple more examples. You talked about payment examples. I'm interested sure. in others that I hear a lot about, things like medical records or other things that you can imagine yeah. that are not that are not the same thing that we okay. experience today. Okay. So uh, let's get into smart contracts. 
So blockchain technology enables you to program smart contracts where they're auto-executing. and Based so, on specifically predetermined uh, terms. That's correct. Yeah. So if ABC happens, right, mm-hmm. then that, um, that smart contract tract will auto execute mm-hmm. and then XYZ will happen. Yep. And so that's gonna be massive. I mean, that is, you know, think about right now, um, how many people use a, a trusted third party intermediary like mm-hmm. an attorney, right? Yeah, for a contract yeah, right. whereby mm-hmm. there are companies that are in development right now where they are creating software so you can um, basically easily set up your own smart contract. Well, can't that be done anyway? I mean, you've got you've got escrow companies, and but that's the intermediary, right? right? That's the intermediary. What's the difference between using a blockchain versus a so, an intermediary of some other tr- more traditional? Sure. Type? Let me get. Can I give you another yeah, example? Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about this. Is a grim example, but let's talk about wills and trusts mm-hmm, and estates mm-hmm. when when you pass away, right? So right now, when you uh, pass away, you hopefully have a living will. And that will, when you die, um, will there's an attorney and there's uh, somebody that will be the executor of your estate and will work with the court system to transfer your assets to their rightful heirs. Mm-hmm. Okay, within a smart contract, you could create a smart contract whereby. All of your assets live out on a blockchain. And when you die, that blockchain is constantly scouring the public records for your death certificate. Mm. And when it finds your death certificate, it'll auto-execute and transfer your assets immediately from you to your rightful heirs. Wow. Boom. Done. Huh. In a matter well, of a couple seconds. Wow. <laughs> and because it's immutable, you can't change that record. And right. because it's transparent, everybody mm. has a way to validate and see, okay, mm-hmm. Dave just transferred all his assets. So government to his agencies, heirs. IRS, everybody That's else right. would have some way to hook in. To but, track it. but rather yeah, than going I through this that. long, drawn out process, months long yeah, process through the courts and what And it's cheaper. You. A ton cheaper. So, and a if lot that easier. were to happen, now think be- about that with title, with your home, right? So, yeah. right now, you use a title company to transfer, you know, your wow. home from one yeah. person yeah. to one party to another. Well, you could do that via a very quick smart contract. Wow. Yeah. Instead, and, and there's all these fees and all this time and all these visits right. to offices. That's they all right. go away. Done. Gone. So, when that happens, do you end up with a title? You know, multiple title companies that have their own blockchain that then you subscribe to their service? Or is it, <laughs> sure. there's not like one big mega blockchain that controls the world, right? These are all pieced into, depending on what your niche is. Sure, I, my, my, my guess is, you know, again, it's very early days, so it's hard to say how this is gonna evolve. But my guess is, is those title companies will leverage a public uh, blockchain like Bitcoin or Ethereum. And really? They, yeah, and they will build... Uh, say an app on top of it, so they can leverage. The, that sounds use. that sounds so fraught with risk. The idea that there's one <laughs> mega blockchain that controls the world, sure. and you have to have an app to talk to it. I mean, that just seems like. Well, think about the internet, right? Well, so, 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 right? TCP/IP, the protocol yeah, layer yeah. that underpins the internet. You have these millions of websites and apps that are built on top of that. It's not much different than that. Well, it seems a lot different to me <laughs> because the internet is simply the pipe through which everybody else's proprietary stuff sure. flows. Sure. Blockchain is way more integrated. And I mean, if you're plugging into that, 
it's not just a pipe. It's actually the technology that, that you're programming into. Sure. So like Ethereum is, is a very, very popular, um, what is called kind of internet 3.0 smart contracts platform. And, um, you know, over 10,000 developers build on top of the Ethereum network. And hmm. so that is becoming kind of the de facto hmm. next internet 3.0, right? Mm -hmm. A decentralized mm -hmm. internet with smart contract capabilities. So you're going to plug, what you're pre forecasting, what you're starting to see sure. is individual companies developing blockchain app, essentially these, uh, a way to, to tie their application of blockchain into some other big mega blockchain that's right. like a Bitcoin. That's right. Like a public, huh. you know. Uh, God, that's frightening to me. <laughs> I, I can just, I, well, now, I'm hold thinking on. of sci-fi well, movies. Well, now, that now, Dave, like, you know, Dave yeah. let's back up. Let's go yeah. back to the early 80s, okay? When you were uh, essentially mailing things and you were using landlines, right? And when the internet came out and people were like, wait a second, what, what this worldwide, what? Like, what? Huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, that seems frightening, right? Well, but today, mm -hmm. fast forward, you know, yeah. some thirty years later, yeah. it's commonplace. Yeah, but so that's to me, it seems different. And I know this is what people said when they saw <laughs> Elvis Presley dance and how awful it was, <laughs> and how now it seems so mild. I get that. Sure. And and um, you know, and I was actually thinking about this this <laughs> this podcast episode, and I'm thinking, you know. You know, am I the guy that says I've got a horse? What do I need a car for? I can get where I need to go. <laughs> right. I, I, you know, I, I, it just seems different, though. It seems it's that different. that if you're plugging into a technology that actually can, that's way different than using the internet to carry a technology. Sure. And am I wrong? Am I just a slow adopter? No, <laughs> no. I just think you know a lot of people. Um, you know, it's it's difficult to wrap our hands around change, and especially a quantum leap like this, yeah. right? I don't, I don't um, think I'm you know, that kind that of person. A... I just I, I, <laughs> here's what I'm struggling with: is sure. if I am tying smart contracts or whatever through a company into a mega Bitcoin mechanism, how do I, you know? Uh, how do I know that the the controlling technology doesn't really mess? So you're up? you're tying that into a global network not per se a company, a massive yeah. network that mm -hmm. is secured by millions of computers around the world and has a developer base of over 10,000. Yeah. So this is not you know, mm -hmm. just something fly by night, right? Yeah. This is a massive global network that has a tremendous amount of value and mm -hmm. is, um, you know, is increasingly every day getting better and better and growing yeah. in, in numbers. I'm going to have to... Look, I think you've explained it. Sure. I'm just not sure how comfortable. <laughs> right, hey, we, we checked that box. Yeah, I'm just, not sure. I'm, I'm just not sure I'm, <laughs> that I'm, I understand it well enough to be comfortable that, you know, tying various private enterprises through this one mega blockchain something that has some level of anarchy, although you've, con you've explained that it's not really <laughs> anarchy. But I, I just, I, I'm picturing sci-fi movies where something goes wrong. And uh, I'm trying to get my head around that. And I think, I think there'll be a lot of smart people who, who manage that. Yeah. So, um, well, and, and, and look, these networks are very early days, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I equate this technology, we're kind of in somewhere in the early nineties for the internet, mm -hmm. uh, technology yeah, kind yeah. of growth. So, so, you know, they're still flawed. 
mm-hmm. still issues, right? There's still scalability issues and what have you. Um, but you know, over time, mm-hmm. those issues mm-hmm. are going to become less, and these networks are going to become more and more mm-hmm. leveraged, and they're going to become more and more consistent, right? You, you expect at least what what I'm hearing is that some of these applications will be dedicated blockchain technology uh, um, implementations. Others will be plugged into much bigger ones. And I guess it really depends on the application and what it's used for. That's correct. Yeah, there'll be public and private blockchains, right? Mm -hmm. So um, JP Morgan came out recently and said they're going to release a digital token called the JP Morgan token, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a private blockchain. They're going to use distributed ledger technology Mm -hmm. to move money around the world more efficiently. Interesting. Yeah, so you're going to have public and private. They're trying to get out ahead of it. They are. And they really are. At least be part of it. Rather That's than right. Being left behind. They're, I'm sure their margins are going to go way down, but I guess it's better than you know that you use the example of Kodak. They didn't get into digital photography because they were afraid it was going to hurt their margins. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. I, you know, I, I or I, Blockbuster I, with oh with streaming God, yeah. videos. Right. I mean, right. right. So so the, it sounds like they're getting out ahead, and and companies like Western Union will need to figure out how to do that as well. They will. Um, I've heard that blockchain is essentially, you mentioned the internet and you made a comparison that it's going to change the world as much as the internet has. Yes, more so, I think. You think more? I do. Where, why have you come to that conclusion? So because the narrative is so broad spanning and, and it impacts so many different areas and one of the biggest areas is going to impact is money. Right, mm-hmm. every day mm-hmm. that we all use. Yeah. Right now, we use physical currency yeah. backed by the federal government. Right now, in some jurisdictions like the United States, that's worked relatively well. Mm-hmm. In others, like Argentina, we mm-hmm. know that's worked horribly. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, their inflation is thousands yeah. and thousands of percent. But if they had digital currency as the back, that's right. For some so, countries, it's probably better to even convert to digital. That's currency right. And be because done. yeah, so what you're going to see is is the globe. Upgrade mm. their mm. monetary base into digital currency, but then then com- the countries that do that they don't get to use monetary policy to manage their bingo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. No one knows what's going to happen. You're right. That wow. is the big question mark mm. out there: is how does that evolution take place? And we all know governments aren't just going to go mm. easily into the night, yeah. right? And, and they're. Uh, I'm also thinking about all of the fraud and the terrible stuff that happens by by uh, some of the governments, and it's going to be a lot harder to commit. It is those kinds. So, of things. and here's here's a basic example of why that's going. They're going to do this. They're going to upgrade. Right now, the United States government spends um, a couple billion dollars a year printing money, right, and then billions more fighting counterfeit and disposing oh, yeah, of that yeah, money. Yeah. With blockchain technology, it becomes digitized. Wow. And with cryptography, you, it's impossible to counterfeit. Mm. So it solves mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. many problems eloquently and mm-hmm. makes things far cheaper. And they open up borders so you can transfer value around yeah, the world. Yeah. And you don't have to use physical so, dollars, which is a lot more. Difficult. So here's the concern that comes to mind is, you, I mean, every there's so much work being done around cybersecurity and such. Sure. Right? Somebody... Now is already trying to fit. There have I know there have been vaults, blockchain vaults that have been sure. hacked, and people have lost millions of dollars. There are going to be millions of people trying to hack in and figure this out. There already are. Yeah. So yeah. why are you confident that that's not going to be a problem? Because you know I custody um, these tokens myself through the fund, 
and you know, with proper procedures and technology, you can safeguard those assets. Mm. It's just those those exchanges. You're talking mm-hmm. mostly about exchanges yeah. um, that 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 trade, and they're big targets for these um, you know scammers and mm. and people because they're big honeypots, right, of money. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, you know, some of them have not had good internal controls and security measures and were hacked, hmm. right? Yeah, right. But right. others have very, very good um, hmm. controls and keep their uh, tokens offline. Yeah. Because what what they what ha- happened is that the the blockchain wasn't hacked. No. But the access to the accounts of the, the people that held were, that's yeah, that right. held them, those were hacked. That's and so people right. acted as though they were somebody and took their that's currency and made a transfer. Yeah. yeah. So it's not the yeah. the technology is not flawed. It's those people, those third parties that yeah. are building and leveraging yeah. it that don't have good security Got measures. It. Um, and I appreciate you say the technology is not flawed. <laughs> I I'm interested to see. I I'm one who believes that everything. People will figure out anyway everything. Well, let but, me let me throw something out there. All right, so then I'm going to let listeners know we're going to keep talking, and I'm probably going to break this into two episodes. It's kind of fun. To listeners, thanks for joining me on Proco 360, where we say live, work, love Colorado, because you and I and my guests can be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. You make the show successful by subscribing to the Proco 360 podcast, and if you feel like you finally finally have figured out blockchain, please uh, submit a review for this podcast. Thanks again to show sponsors, MicroStar Keg Logistics, Community Banks of Colorado, and the Colorado Chamber of Commerce. And thanks to show engineer Mike here at Third and James Studios. That's the show. Live, work, love Colorado. (music) 